0: Another loss for the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, they take a five to two loss to the visiting Minnesota Wild. We'll talk about that game, and as well, take a look forward to what's coming up this weekend. Arizona Coyotes, Chicago Blackhawks, and Nashville Predators all coming up the uh, for this weekend. We'll talk all about that on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes.
1: Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hi, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Robin Leonio. Carl Pavlik, right beside me on this uh, Thursday. It is November 11th. It is Veterans Day, so maybe uh, want to go ahead and start off by, uh, you know, shouting out to all those who served in the uh, in, in the U.S. Armed Forces. Um,
1: happy Veterans Day. Uh, both of my parents are actually Marine veterans, so uh, oh, nice. It's, it's a somewhat personal. Holiday, they never really celebrated it uh, or did anything for it, so it was always kind of an interesting place. But Happy Veterans Day!
0: Yep, exactly. But here, here on Locked On Coyotes, we're here to talk about this one of Coyotes gameplay and just not so good stuff. They took a five to two loss to the Minnesota Wild at home. Uh, Carl, this was about one goal off from what my prediction was. Mm. Um. I think I said five to three, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I, I I can't even remember what I said. I think it may have been like, uh, yeah, I like think four three. Was it four three? I, I, I think I, you had a one goal game. I did have a one goal game, so I was way off. I I swear I remember them being below the five and a half expected goals, uh, which wow turned out to be way wrong. Um, I don't know. I I think we had all planned for maybe a somewhat different game, but everyone kind of expected the Coyotes to lose this one. And uh, they did kind of spectacularly with a second period collapse.
0: Yeah. Anytime there's a team, there is a, um, a team where the opposing team has more than call it, uh, or has at least one former Coyote.
1: There just seems to be, even if that player doesn't do enough. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we saw Alex Golgoski in the game. Uh, there was a couple times where, like, he was, like, making his play behind the net. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's familiar. Uh, he was limited to just one assist, um, which uh, is pretty good for, for limiting former Coyotes' chances. But, oh, wow, the, the wild scoring just did not stop at all. Exactly. Um,
0: And that's that's the problem. It was, again, five to two, the final score. And um, trying to look at um, anything on here, looking at who is, oh, yeah, Kevin Fiala. Freaking that dude. Like, he was, like, (sighs) that dude had a game. Um, And I guess if there's a game to have, you're going to do it against the Coyotes, but whew.
1: Yeah. Kevin Fiala had a game. A lot of uh, Minnesota players had a really good game. I think this was like another issue where the Coyotes uh, were an undisciplined team. Um, They did not do great on the penalty kill, and that really cost them. Uh, They allowed two power play goals, uh, Joel Erickson-Eck and Kirill Kaprizov, both scored on the power play, but the second Minnesota goal was actually on a delayed call. Uh, I don't even think, uh, the goaltender had gotten a chance to get to the bench, so I don't know how much that impacted it, but it was definitely an issue where like some poor play definitely led to the Coyotes, uh, being in a, in a bad situation. Um, and again, we saw the Coyotes, they weren't able to convert on any of their power plays. So uh, special teams, again, proved to be like a pretty, like pivotal issue for the Coyotes, um, as we've seen time and again this season.
0: By the way, I'm trying to remember, because now that you mentioned it, how are those goals uh, counted on those delayed? It, they, is it counted as an extra attacker goal, even if the goalie doesn't get to the bench?
1: Uh, no, it, it's, it's not really noted in any of the traditional um, kind of stats. Uh, delayed calls, I've never seen on the box sheet. It's possible that some of the advanced stats look for him but i don't see too many delayed calls because it,
0: it because it is different than five on five because anytime there's a different a difference of five on five that you see um or even strength for that matter you, you're gonna uh, you're gonna see you know something noted ppg pk en like
1: yeah like you you'll see like an empty net goal if you get an empty net or even like a a same goal empty net goal i think i've seen that before but i've never seen any kind of notation denoting a uh an extra attacker goal um maybe we should look into that and see uh because i imagine well it's kind of a rare situation you don't see too many of them so it may not be worth tracking but like for stats heads, uh, you know everything is worth tracking. So especially when
0: you work me. in the media like us, where it's just like oh, I want to be able to pay attention to as much as possible because you yeah. can track as uh, you can track so much.
1: Or if you're in the media like us and you're like, I need to fill content. So here's a somewhat interesting stat: X team has the most uh, delayed. Uh, call goals like that could definitely be like just a line you throw out during a recap or play by play so I,
0: I, I totally would do stuff like that whenever I did play by play for football or basketball or did a um, radio show talking about the NHL or just like oh by the way I just read that X player was the first player to have all these things like I'm just like uh, it was fun doing those yeah. weird stats
1: it, it it's fun trivia um and, and since we're we're going talking about broadcasting uh, i thought the TNT crew did a pretty good job for the calling the game uh i didn't watch too much of like the intermission stuff because i mean the Coyotes were losing pretty badly i didn't need to know more about why they were losing badly um so i will sometimes just mute that and like read or or play video games for 15 minutes uh, do the dishes but i thought TNT I say a really solid broadcast. Uh, I've been impressed with like ESPN Plus, TNT. Like it's been a pretty good year for NHL broadcasting and the Again, national. And it's
0: front. it's it both both have been an upgrade from from NBC.
1: Yeah, you could tell that we finally have like broadcast networks that are putting in more effort. They're not necessarily taking it for granted. They're trying new things like. Uh, we, we're seeing a lot of like player tracking, like how long is that, have they been on the shift? Uh, a nice thing where we would see like the, uh, the miles per hour for the puck, like anytime Jacob Chikrin shot, it was like 90 mile per hour, uh, yeah. from the point. Uh, I just want him to score. So yeah, good job TNT. Uh, I was a bit worried cause your app on Roku took so long to navigate, uh, to find the game, but nice production.
0: One thing that um I noticed because I like I, I saw a bit of the uh of the intermission reports that Gretzky wasn't there but but Paul Bissonnette was. Yeah. Um so they you had the uh Rick Tocket, Paul, and Paul Bissonnette, So you had Coyotes connection. You're always gonna have Coyote's connection on the
1: uh on the broadcast on the, yeah. on,
0: on the intermission report for TNT.
1: Yeah, there there was a great moment. I don't I don't know if you got a chance to see it, um, but before the game started, they uh, they were talking to Jacob Chikrin, who was mic'd during warmups, and it started with, "Now, Jacob, I know someone told you that you're never going to have to talk to talk it again, but he's here <laughs> right now." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that is just a beautiful moment of levity." Oh
0: my god, I love it.
1: <laughs> that was so good. Uh, it was, it was great. Uh, especially like NHL fans hate change uh, in any form. Uh, so I thought it was a, a really well done kind of presentation for what was just a horrible game to watch. I really did not like watching last night's game.
0: Um, yeah. Speaking of also just like interesting things from last night's game um, has to be that on the national TV game where the coyotes have to wear their now called alternate reds like yeah i I got thrown off for a second like wait a minute
1: why are they wearing oh it's one of these games i don't even know if it was like specifically like how that like formed like if it was like hey you're gonna be a national game we watch you wearing this for contractual reasons um because it sounds like that's that's what the situation is like there's a contractual obligation between uh the coyotes the nhl and reebok fanatics whoever that they're gonna still like keep that an active jersey but yeah it's unfortunate especially with like how much of their branding is the kachina that they weren't able to wear the kachina on like the national broadcast um but i don't mind i still like that howling coyote logo and i still think that the that the redesign that they had was really good i like the arms more so than i think any nhl jersey i like that kind of color breakdown um so i wasn't too upset to see it L- like you said i was a bit thrown at first where i'm like oh that's different
0: yeah because we're just so used to seeing kachina at this point we've gone we've watched almost every single game where it was all kachina and yeah. it's like and it just comes up and nowhere. it's like oh well, here we go.
1: Especially with the, the road kachinas, where unlike last year, where they would, they also had like a split, but more heavily weighted towards the, the kachina at home. But like you saw the, the, the Howling Coyote whites on the road. Like now you don't even have that. This is like the only instance where we're seeing the, what is now the, I don't know what to call that logo. I don't necessarily like the Howling Coyote as a name, but you can't call it classic uh, cuz that doesn't sound right at all, but yeah, that other jersey.
0: I mean you, I mean the Howling Coyote is a modern yeah,
1: postmodern maybe. Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I'll I'll come up with something very pretentious to call it. Uh and no one will understand except for me. Um because that's usually what I do in these situations.
0: That yeah, sounds about right. Anyway, yeah. so we still got more to get to on today's episode of Lockdown Coyotes. We're going to talk about uh, maybe things that stood out, maybe in a good way. A couple other things of uh, we can take away from this game against Minnesota Wild. All of that coming up on today's episode of Lockdown Coyotes. But first, a quick word from our sponsors.
1: So we're back and better than ever. A new web interface to start the basketball season, and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to our new, updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts.
0: All right, so now back here on Locked On Coyotes once again, Robin Leonio, Kyle Pavlik, as we talk about the Arizona Coyotes' 5-2 loss to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, take things that are some good things. Carl, I think one thing we can definitely mention is another multi-point game for the defenseman, Shane Gossespierre.
1: Yep. Uh, Shane Gossespierre has been pretty much the Coyotes' best offensive defenseman this season. Uh, he had a phenomenal game with a goal and an assist. I thought he looked great. He's been a, a great acquisition for the Coyotes this year, uh, especially for how little it costs. Um mostly just his contract and he's consistently been the i'm not sure if i would say the Kyrie's best defenseman but one of the best defensemen
0: yeah and i and um i think that's one of the things too is uh, i did a lineup challenge with uh with locked on wild he asked um he asked, um seth asked me if i could do um just fill, fill in a um, just like you know, pick a player from each for, a forward line, and then pick one defenseman. I'm like, okay, I'll go pick these, you know, these four forwards who have all pretty much contributed on each of their lines. And I'm like, oh, defenseman, easy. I'm going to pick Shane Gosses He's gonna, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna, like you know, he's gonna outshine again. I think he's gonna have another good game. Yeah, and the and of course, there he goes again.
1: Yeah, and I do think it helps that he's getting some some pretty good minutes. Uh, he and kind of just where where he falls, he's in kind of the sweet spot that we saw Jacob Chikrin in last season, where there's someone like ahead of him on the depth uh, that's going to get the super duper hard assignments. Uh, I think Chikrin is still facing the the toughest competition. I would need to to check the official rankings for that. Um, But, yeah, it allows him to kind of pick up points against some of the the easier lines. And by no means is he having, like, an easy job because the team in general is not scoring. But I think he's been doing great. And probably is the Coyotes' MVP at this point uh that's a tough call really to make because it's too early to really decide that but yeah he's,
0: he, he has made a, a phenomenal contribution to this team so
1: far yeah it's too early and like it's really hard to say that any of the players have been extremely valuable uh <laughs> if, if that's fair um and he is also inconsistent but uh i think he is like there's a reason he's leading the team in points
0: exactly one thing I think we also should mention, um, because it is uh, a question that should be made, um, the situation regarding Karel Vemelka. We talked about him, and he's had so many good games. Yeah. And we were saying, and we, we, we even asked ourselves, how long can he keep this up? Is this just another example of just a bad start? Or is he, Is it kind of just like, or is that like, Is that a streak that he had just kind of fizzing out?
1: It's, it's really tough to say. And honestly, we could probably do a whole podcast episode on Vimalco's performance, like every game that he plays, because it it is like, it tends to be either really good or really bad. Uh, I don't think he was necessarily horrible in last night's game. I think there was definitely some shots that, you know, if, If things have been different he probably could have made them i think he's maybe like cheating a little bit uh goaltender wise listening to the analysis of his play is kind of really interesting because there's a lot of player or a lot of media people who are looking at like all right so this is something that you could maybe do in the czech league that you're not going to get away with in the nhl czech league you're probably going to be going down a little bit more that leaves space like top shelf kind of areas and I am noticing that he's maybe getting caught a little bit there. But I think the team also is just... Like, they had a second period collapse where they gave up three goals. And that's yeah. not only going to be on the, the goaltender. Especially when one of them was like a... Almost lacrosse, kind of like knocking the the puck out of midair with the blade of the stick. Uh, like, There's nothing that you could really do for a goal like that as a goaltender. So I don't think Vimalco necessarily played a horrible game. I think he played like a below average game against a very tough team that's going to make you pay for every mistake.
0: Absolutely. But that also leaves a question, too. Obviously, because Carter Hutton is still on the injured reserve. Yep. Um, what is going to happen when mm-hmm. he is re- set to come back from, it, from the IR? And now you have now you're looking at three goal
1: tenders: Vemelka, Wedgwood, and Hutton. Yeah, um, and I would really need to check to see kind of what their eligibility is. Uh, I I almost feel like. Wedgewood like earned his, his spot here mm-hmm. uh, I think the Melkas played better than Hutton I would maybe wave Hutton or uh, I could kind of see the Coyotes just keeping three goaltenders around like, it worked well during last year um, when pretty much every team had three. The Coyotes do not have a strong goaltender. Why not cycle through three and kind of see what they can do? You don't necessarily need to keep, like, extra forward and an extra defenseman, especially with the team being so close to Tucson, that can call up as needed. Um, I don't know. It's It's a really tough call, and I'm not sure that anyone has really stood out in a way that, like, demands that they have a spot yeah
0: especially because um usually you have more than one extra Ford anyways because it's like i think it's just 25 roster players right they have 25 yeah. on the active roster yeah um so and i think what is it that's five extra players technically right um because it's usually 20 12 6 1
1: uh, not, you're making me do math too early in the morning. Um, I know. So.
0: Oh, no, it's 19. Uh,
1: well, let's say this. Uh, the scratches for yeah. the Coyotes uh, last game, Liam O'Brien and Kyle Capabianco. Uh, but Minnesota had three scratches, Jordy Ben, uh, Kyle, Rao, and Victor Rask. Um, so, so they could maybe make something work. Um, I, I'm not sure kind of what that would be, especially because we have Coyotes players who are hopefully coming back from injury very soon. Like your Alex Galchenyuk. I think the team could really use his offense. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe they shop Hutton. That just didn't sound right. As soon as I said it, I'm like, what's his trade value? Uh, it's not
0: very high. There's not, not, you're not going to get anything out of it.
1: Yeah, no. Um, best it, case it,
0: scenario, you wave him and someone wants to pick him up and you just get like, um, what's the um, thing? Oh, yeah, they, they, it's just like that person just picks up like a certain percentage of their
1: salary cap, whatever it was. I, f- I forgot how that works. I mean, I think the best case scenario is kind of, they they put them on waivers, send it back to, or send someone down to to play with the road runners, uh, as a backup, and that all kind of shifts. Or, or I I do think that, you know, if if they put someone other than Vimelka on waivers and they get claimed, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I don't see any of these players really being the Coyotes' gold center of the future. I think that's still Prospektov. Um, so, so kind of what happens with any of these players, um, it's, it's unfortunate to think about people this way, but they're, they're kind of expendable and that's kind of the case for everyone on this team during the rebuild.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's, um, again, it's, again, I think you made a really good point about, you know, not worrying about really goaltenders at this point. Because again, like you said, probably 12 is the future and you don't. If you waive a player, you can send him to Tucson, but then how does that deal with the... Because then that breaks three goaltenders in Tucson with... But you would definitely want to make sure that Tav is getting the bulk of the starts. Yeah. Because you want to make sure he is always ready.
1: I mean, that's why we acquired Wedgwood. um, Or that's why the team acquired Wedgwood. I wasn't involved in that decision. (laughs) (laughs) Um it was to make sure that Prasvatov can get starts in the AHL. Um, and I think that there's still the plan. Um, and that's kind of the main goal. They want to make sure that they have someone who's going to help them win. Uh, and I think probably at this point, themelka and Wedgwood are the best at that. But Carter Hutton also has the most experience. He's the he's the only one who's really like done this for a prolonged period of time. The uh, Melka, I think... Uh, a key thing that we're going to be talking about for the entire season is like this is uncharted care, uh, territory for, for the netminder. He's uh, still relatively young as far as goaltenders are considered. He has no NHL experience, no North American play experience. Uh, like it's a completely different game that it'll be kind of interesting to see what he can do.
0: Exactly. Hey, guys, we still got more to get to on this show. Uh, we're going to take start taking a look ahead what's coming up for the Arizona Coyotes for the uh, rest of this week. All that coming up on this episode of Locked on Coyotes, so be sure to stick around. So let's get to it. Coyotes have two games this weekend. Um, they have the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow, and then the um, the Nashville Predators on uh, Saturday, So it's another back to back. And this is um, now um, officially back on the road.
1: Back on the road, back to back, a lot of backs going on. Uh, thankfully for the Coyotes, a much easier road trip than I think that they had last time. And I think the Coyotes have a decent chance for for winning at least one of these two games. I think both are very winnable. But I'd be happy if they walk away with uh with two points.
0: Yeah, I think they. I think these are um, both very winnable games as well, and I think um, that uh, this bit this 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 part of the schedule probably came at a really nice time. You know, uh, they already had at least one, at least one win under their under their belt, so like the confidence might have been shot a little bit after that kind of loss to Minnesota, but like you know. It, there's, they know they're capable of winning because they they just did last week. Yeah. and sh- Chicago is a worse team than Seattle is, and yes, uh, and Nashville is a m- mediocre team at best.
1: Sure. So, I think uh, as long as they are like mentally able to just block out that Minnesota loss, because. Minnesota is a better team. They've they've matched up against the Coyotes much better for the past couple seasons. Like that kind of loss is just understandable. Uh, I think kind of the issue that we've seen with the Coyotes this year is that they're not able to necessarily like mentally block that out and just start the next game. They can be shaken up. Um, and I think part of that's just because they're a very not good team and a very like not, are very like new team. Like there's not a lot of chemistry there. They can't rely on each other the same way they could. Uh, I thought they may have built up some of that against some of the tough teams on the previous road trip. Uh, but then it all kind of fell apart against the wild. Uh, as the saying goes, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Exactly.
0: But this, uh, um, I guess you can call it somewhat Midwest road trip kind of because you got chicago nashville and then st louis Um, yeah
1: i'm never sure where where nashville is considered it's not
0: midwest but it's like it's not east coast either it's like it's the south yeah technically the south but like it's that area of the central of central u.s so
1: yeah that Appalachian area if i recall uh it was the same when i was like living up in buffalo i had like no idea what part of the country i was considered it's like the northeast i'm like that doesn't sound right really great lakes right great lakes yeah but i mean we don't like to define ourselves by the lakes that are mostly in a different state like great lakes seems more michigan's thing but eh. the geography of the united states is weird what about west
0: belt isn't that that area
1: west belt's more pennsylvania um like there wasn't a lot of ohio Yeah, Pennsylvania, Ohio, there's not a lot of manufacturing uh, in Western New York. Like, there's some, but it wasn't like the major industry that you would get in what I would consider the Rust Belt states.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I guess it's like, um, because, yeah, like, certain states, like, even parts of states are all in different regions. SoCal is part of the Southwest, but.
1: Yeah, like, Western New York or New York in general is like split up into so many distinct regions that I'm sure only people who live in New York care about. Like whenever I try and just talk about the distinctions to people who aren't in New York, they're just like, I don't care. It's like, see, this is the problem. Um, but, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a road trip, uh, Midwest adjacent, let's call it. Uh, and honestly it should be hopefully an easier road trip. And we've seen the Coyotes kind of have bounce backs from like facing the top competition to facing lesser competition and playing well against that lesser competition.
0: Yeah, that's the, uh, I think that's one of the most important parts because, um, you know, do you want to play against teams that are winnable teams? That way that team gets that, you know, the Coyotes can get a little bit more confidence. Obviously, playing the Blues is when they get to them is going to be another, just going to be another, you know, punch in the mouth, probably, yeah. but.
1: Probably. Uh, although, you know, maybe the Coyotes matched up well against them last year. Uh, maybe it'll be something where the Blues have that in their head. Um, the same way I think the Coyotes maybe had Minnesota's last year record in their head.
0: It could be. could be. I would be really excited to see how it goes. But the uh, Coyotes versus Blackhawks won. Obviously, the first one that com- um, that come up the first time that the two... I mean, it's gonna be an experience between two complete basement teams, like <laughs> true freaking basement teams. Both of these teams are really bad. Um, see, you know what the goaltending looks like for either team. I know probably they're gonna try. Blackhawks probably gonna start try to start mug Andre Flurry, yeah.
1: Um,
0: and then uh, not only that is we're gonna see this one another
1: game on ESPN Plus and Hulu. So very nice, very nice. I know. I think people have been enjoying that. Um, it, it should be an interesting matchup. Uh, I kind of wonder if it'll be like the the game against the Buffalo Sabers, who everyone thought would be a basement team, but ended up being just a very low scoring shootout affair. Maybe we'll get that against the Blackhawks, uh, especially with marc Andre Fleury uh, in net. I can imagine that being a, a tough game. I could also imagine it being a goal scoring like extravaganza. So gonna have to see how that one goes
0: we will have to see how that one goes but anyways that's gonna be just out of time here though uh, we are gonna go into our full preview of this weekend's game um, on tomorrow's episode be sure to be sure just to stay tuned in then if you like what you heard today don't forget to leave a review a like comment subscribe if you get to already we're available everywhere you get your podcast, including on youtube we're also available on facebook facebook.com slash locked on coyotes on twitter at lo underscore coyotes i am personally at robin underscore leaño. That that is r-o-b-y-n underscore l-e-a-n-o carl pavlik is at carl pavlik f-f-h interact with us ask us any questions you might have we might answer right back or on a future episode of the lockdown coyotes podcast that's gonna do it for today hope you guys are staying safe out there hope you guys are staying healthy and don't forget to howl on